0: The following Hear the Word program is from Making Much of Christ Ministries. Hear the Word is an audio experience created for listeners just like you. Our team of vocalists passionately recite our blogs and Bible lessons for those on the go. You are currently listening to Finding Joy When the Darkness Won't Lift, Part 3. Written by Brandon K. Rochelle, our chief content author. Spoken by our vocalist, Audrey Harrison. For more information, visit us at www.makingmuchofchristministries.com. You've experienced a miracle. The medical field stands baffled at your recovery. The sickness is finally gone. The multitudinous months of rehab have paid off and there's light culminating just ahead of you. In part one, we looked at how difficult these seasons of darkness often are, which make the transition away from them enormously meaningful with the hard work of enduring completed the battle for some has been won so after long-suffering terminates what are we to do with the life positioned before us or better yet how do we transition well from a season in which the darkness previously wouldn't but now has lifted the confrontation between our suffering and its true biblical purposes usually reach its climax while we are enduring a season of darkness. For those who find Jesus in their suffering, or more accurately, those whom Jesus finds, always receive a particular type of internal renovation that bears prepossessing traits as evidence of God's redemptive craftsmanship. Though difficult to quantify or articulate, let's analyze five pertinent traits that help us evaluate what type of growth has actually been experienced. Why? Because the transition back into a life of normalcy and what we've learned through our suffering can have far greater implications concerning our trajectory moving forward. Examining what spiritual growth through suffering actually is and what it is not will help you to interpret where your faith stands after a season of darkness. Here are five traits that reveal whether God's work within your suffering has taken root. Number one, your harmonious yet not lacking conviction. The glorious miracle that comes from a posture of suffering with Christ is a spirit of harmony Living within an era filled with a bent towards divisive tendencies, this gift can truly alter one's existing relationships. Areas that once caused quarreling in your life seem to fade quickly in seasons of darkness. Why is that? Well, for one thing, those who trust in Jesus reside fearfully near the heart of God. And within close proximity of your Creator, comes revelation of what truly matters to Him. As your will or desires become His will, areas that once caused division become entirely insignificant to you. Recognizing how blessed you are to have been delivered from your suffering, your forward-thinking posture recognizes the need to be as harmonious as possible for the sake of the gospel your eyes have been opened to the power of unity as you share this good news to the desolate widows and orphans. Yet the fruit of our decision to live harmoniously does not remove a deep need of gospel conviction. In fact what separates a believer from an unbeliever as they transition from suffering has everything to do with conviction. Though seeking peace You're emboldened with the truth. While seeking to love others, you have become a champion for the weak, victoriously pushing back against oppressors and deceivers. Can't you see? The mark of a believer who has transitioned from a season of darkness isn't the fruit of indifference, but rather a deep gospel conviction leaning towards harmony. When Jane Doe is able to partake in your loving disposition yet clearly see that you actually have a belief in someone, the opportunity for a type of harmony that can lead her to meeting the Jesus of the Bible through you becomes possible. So would you, would you take a glance at the scripture Romans chapter 12 verses 16 through 18 and ask yourself this question. Have I grown from my season of darkness in the spirit of harmony without lacking conviction in my beliefs? 2. You're empathetic as opposed to sympathetic. Empathy and sympathy are often used synonymously, which is understandable. After all, both terms describe the correlation one has to the experiences and emotions of another person. Yet, it is crucial to understand the differences between the two as we examine what good fruit can come out of a season of suffering for those who submit to Christ. Let us explore. The suffix, "pathy" in Greek pathos, means suffering and feeling. The prefix sim comes from the Greek sin, meaning with or together with. The prefix "m" derives from the Greek in, meaning within or in. Can't you see? Empathy leans into a much deeper sacrifice of self. It refers to one's capacity or desire to imagine themselves inside the situation of another. It's as if you're vicariously living through them, weeping as one weeps and rejoicing as one rejoices. This is far more valuable than the distant emotion of sympathy. So while we often use the term sympathy to convey our pity or sorrow for someone else's misfortune, something supernatural occurs when we meet and submit our lives to Jesus in our dark nights of the soul. It's here that we learn empathy. Where we once expressed pity towards that person's suffering, we now feel that person's suffering within our very own flesh and soul. Make no mistake, one is a character of Christ, the other of the world. While the term empathy isn't mentioned in the Bible, and its inception into our vernacular is only a few hundred years old, rest assured that scripture describes the posture of empathy every time, rather than sympathy. Those who successfully transition out of their season of darkness with Christ bear the fruit of empathy. Where you once lacked the capacity to empathize with others, you're now emboldened to suffer alongside their suffering with joy. This is a mark of a true believer that has transitioned out of suffering. So would you would you take a glance at the verses connected to this truth, Romans 12th chapter 15th verse, 1 Corinthians 12th chapter 26th verse, Galatians 6 chapter second verse, and 1 John third chapter 16th verse. And then ask yourself, have I transitioned out of my suffering with a spirit of empathy or sympathy? Number three your humility outweighs your pride. It's pretty hard to remain prideful when you find yourself in a season in which the darkness won't lift, but surprisingly most do. Humility is reserved for those whom God allows his restorative power to preside over. Irrespective of the nature of your suffering, one of God's primary uses of our seasons of darkness is to reveal how weak and inadequate we are without him but do we actually believe this do we comprehend that before the universe was created Jesus was infinitely sovereign that directly within the midst of your suffering Jesus is fully and finally in control and when death comes seeking our company when we face our greatest battle namely the battle of dealing with our own expiration date? Jesus will supremely maintain confidence as Lord of both life and death. This beautifully devastating reality produces a spirit of humility within a believer's heart. Not only would this fuel your season of darkness, but it would maintain your posture of humility as you transition into victory from your suffering. The believer who has experienced his triumph over the suffering leans quickly towards giving credence to the Jesus of the Bible while remaining utterly sluggish towards the exaltation of himself. This occurs when one realizes his own finiteness. When you embrace your dependence on God, it allows you to joyfully experience the gift of depending on others. This is a far greater reality as compared to being self-sufficient. After all, self-sufficiency is a branch of pride, and when watered by disappointment and hurt from others, it blossoms into a wicked thistle of destruction. So when you are corrected by someone in love or hate, you become slow to ignore and quick to posture your stance with open hands, seeking God as the filter for this criticism. You've become teachable rather than haughty, and wise instead of ignorant. Foolish is the man who believes he has conquered his own season of darkness. Beware of self-help books that implore you to think this way. For God promises to humble the proud. In fact, a great indication that you have not found Jesus in your dark night of the soul is when pride reigns supremely within your heart. So would you would you explore the scripture Romans 12th chapter 3rd verse Luke 14th chapter 11th verse and 1st Peter 5th chapter 6th verse and ask yourself this Has my season of suffering produced humility or pride Number 4 You've replaced happiness with joy. Finding joy is a significant challenge for most people. Outside of a few otherworldly individuals, we're not naturally happy-filled people. Why is that? Because happiness is fleeting and unreliable. Joy is precious, while happiness is cheap. Happiness is conditional on every circumstance on any given day. Joy flexes supremely over any circumstance with ease. Most struggle to capture and live with joy because their own definition stands at odds with the Bible's definition. Joy isn't about feeling good all the time, but rather about someone being good. In fact, having a biblically sound definition of joy becomes critical to our understanding. In fact, having a biblically sound definition of joy becomes critical to our understanding. Here's how I have thought and defined joy based upon my devotion time and relationship with God. Joy is the resolved assurance that God is fully omnipotent over all the intricacies of my life. It's the undisturbed confidence that everything ultimately will be all right. This conclusion leads to our determined choice to praise the God of the Bible in every circumstance. Good night! This is powerful! Can't you see? Absolutely nothing in this definition speaks about cheap, happy feelings. For those who meet Jesus in their suffering, an incredible gift of joy is given in plenty. It's one of the telling differences between a believer transitioning out of darkness as opposed to an unbeliever. Each day our lives are filled with pleasure and happy experiences. Simultaneously, each day can potentially be filled with disappointment and hurt. Happiness cannot possibly bear the weight of this tension, can't you see? Consider the most amazing experience you've ever had. Was there not a nagging realization that it's not perfect? That something was missing? Something wasn't complete? Or perhaps you can remember a time that was incredibly miserable, was there not a small part of you deep within that grappled to attach itself to something positive, something hope-filled? It's in the tension between these two realities that joy finds its home. As you transition out of your season of darkness, the believer has the gift of joy as an anchor. That very same joy that helped you endure now possesses you to press forward towards the goal. So when you look at the scriptures Romans 15th chapter 13th verse, Philippians 4th chapter 4th verse, James 1st chapter 2nd verse through the 4th verse, and John 16th chapter 22nd verse, do you find yourself being led by joy or happiness? number 5 mission driven not missionless. you and I we were created for something far greater than a repetitious humdrum existence our lives should be intentional in every way imaginable our sense of mission and purpose is one of the primary territories of our heart that is challenged in a season of darkness With the unimportant quickly fading, our souls cry for a sense of meaning, yes, in our immediate suffering, but even more so as we reflect on life from a macro viewpoint. As Jesus graciously reveals his mission-driven purposes for our lives, our suffering suddenly has legs. In other words, this revelation begins to move us forward into the will of God simultaneously away from meaningless. You see, living a biblically missional life means to connect with everyday people to collaborate on everyday things with gospel integrity and intentionality. And we don't have to cross the Atlantic Ocean to begin our missional purposes. In fact, God desires that His people would courageously infiltrate their particular environment using their unique skill set with gospel intentionality towards an end of reconciliatory experiences for our neighbors our efforts for Christ should transcend all that we do and while unpacking this would be an honor that is not the aim of my blog post instead would you consider this are you transitioning from your season of darkness with gospel intentionality reigning supreme over your decisions? Each of the five traits examined are critical indicators of what fruit, or lack thereof, has been produced from your season of suffering. It is my hope that this brief analysis would help you discern what areas of the heart have submitted themselves under the loving hand of God. If you are currently transitioning out of darkness, perhaps you would consider whether God has been the Lord over your darkness. If so, I rejoice with you for His gracious victory over your soul. Great things are ahead of you. On the other hand, if you find yourself resonating with the latter of these traits, would you consider a better alternative? An alternative that promises to lead to life as opposed to death. Irrespective of your current situation, your Creator longs to have a relationship with you. You and I, we were not created to endure nor transition through darkness without Him. I pray this post would help you aim your affections and supremely valuing the supremely valuable As you move forward into new life,